It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. PSCNG, we make things work for you. And brought to you by the Mercedes-Benz Winter Event. Visit mbusa.com. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. Recapping the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Cowboys at MetLife Stadium as the Giants finish up the season at 6-10. and So they are still mathematically alive for the NFC East title. They now wait and see what happens on Sunday Night Football as Washington will visit Philly, a Washington win. And Washington wins the NFC East, a Washington loss. And the Giants will win their first division title in quite some time going back to 2011. Now as far as streaks also coming to an end, the Giants snapped a seven-game losing streak to the Cowboys. They got their first win against Dallas since 2016 they also went four and two in the division for the first time since 2016 and swept their three division rivals at home for the first time since 2005 and we will get to your phone calls a little bit later on at 877-337-6666 but in the meantime I bring in Bob and Carl and Bob this may have been a microcosm of the season nothing has necessarily come easy for the Giants they've had double digit leads earlier in the year they were unable to close out games but this time around they made the necessary plays down the stretch they got a season high six sacks they were of course able to run the ball at the end despite the fumble and recover it and that's all that matters at the end of the day sneaking out a four-point victory yeah Lance um I think they played better than sort of the way the game ended. But, you know, uh, I thought Sterling Shepard, you know, in 10 targets made eight catches for 112 yards, and they weren't easy, some of them. Um, I thought they ran the ball effectively. But, you know, in true Giants fashion, uh, just like at the end of the game, Gallman cracks it open. He's got an eight-yard run. He gets a first down on the second and five. And, of course, there's a fumble, and they're sitting on the ball. But uh, you got to give the Giants credit this way, Carl. Defensively, uh, they held the Cowboys to 19 points. Dallas had scored 30 or more in their last three games, um, and the Giants did a really good job of not giving up explosive plays. The Cowboys' longest pass play today was a 21-yarder to C.D. Lamb, and the longest run was a 13-yarder. Elliott had one, and then Dalton on that naked boot – you know, on that on that big fourth down, but I thought the Giants defensively played a very good football game today. I think this Giant defense redeemed themselves, and I think what Patrick Graham did in terms of of knowing how Dallas wanted to play is to just make Dallas grind it out on you and not give up the big plays. And thankfully for the Giants, the field position game worked out in their favor too, because part of the uh, Cowboys' success over the last three games in terms of all their scoring. They had great field position in a lot of those games. So Giants making them go all the way down the field and and being stout, not giving up a lot of chunk plays. Did they give up a 20-yarder today? Uh, They gave up a 21-yarder to Lamb and Gallup had a 20-yarder. But, you know, but nothing nothing drastic. Right. And, And so I think they did a good job there, but... I think the unsung heroes of this game, and it's it's it, they don't seem unsung, but their con- what they did to impact this game, this defensive front four, Bob, has, they impacted this game beyond what um, it was obvious. Leonard Williams, who didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he's having an All-Pro kind of year. He had seven tackles in the game. He had three sacks. Uh, uh, you know, I thought Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson. Tomlinson had another sack, uh, made their presence felt. It was good to have Fackrell back. He had three tackles in a sack. How about Tate Crowder? 11 tackles in the ballgame. Blake Martinez, 11 tackles in a sack in this ballgame. And then there's the rookie, Xavier McKinney, who's starting to round into form. He had eight tackles in the game and the interception in the end zone. Yeah, and had one interception called back. So, when we look at whatever happens here, uh, you see the foundation being set here for what the Giants want to do. And, you know, I normally don't make a habit of openly uh, giving management advice, but, boy, if keep this defensive line together some way, if they can make it work, they will be a force to be reckoned with for a long time because 
they they got some unique talents up there. They certainly do, and obviously they need to add, um, you know, an edge pass rusher. And, you know, there's things that they can add that we can get into it. But, you know, game-specific, I thought Daniel Jones played a lot better than the numbers are going to indicate. He was 17 of 25, 229 yards, two touchdowns. The one interception wasn't his fault. The one fumble wasn't his fault. And, you know, there were several key drops in there that really sort of short-circuited Giants drives. He didn't really put the ball in harm's way at all. No, he didn't. And, you know, this offensive line did a good job. But him, his pocket awareness, understanding situations, I think he ran the football game, uh, the football team well. And this was, you know, for, all, for what it's worth, this was a very important game for him. He was not in jeopardy of, of – of, being cut but just a game of this magnitude and how he came out and performed would leave a great impression not only on the fan base but on coaches and management and I think he prepared well he showed great confidence and great command of the offense yeah I mean look at the touchdown pass to Pettis Um, he put it right on him uh, in a small window. Now it's not it's not his fault that Pettis decided to use his face mask as part of the catch processing catch process. But the throws were pinpoint uh, when he needed to make them. So the Giants win at Lance as we send it back to you. Absolutely. The Giants take care of business with a 23-19 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. We have plenty more to get into as we move forward here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Of course, we'll hear from Joe Judge, get some player reaction as well as the Giants now wait and see what happens on Sunday Night Football between Washington and Philadelphia. Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by the New York Lottery is the Giants Daily Call-In Show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1. All part of the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Dalton back to throw. Nobody's open. He slides to his left. Now he sidearms it into the end zone and it's intercepted by the Giants. Picked off by Xavier McKinney. The rookie gets his first career interception and seals the deal for Big Blue with 1.15 to go. Well, this may be a first. A first for the WFAN Giants radio network. I don't think we've ever played the Eagles fight song on an opposing radio network, but... Giants fans are going to be Eagles fans tonight as they now wait to see whether or not Philadelphia can take care of business at home against Washington. That highlight you heard, though, was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. Xavier McKinney with the interception in the end zone thanks to pressure on Andy Dalton by Leonard Williams as the defense was able to collect six sacks. So that is a season high. They had had five in Seattle in week 13. Williams was responsible for three of the sacks. And interestingly, four of the six sacks came on third downs, which was extremely crucial as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadowbot, Papa Carl Banks with you here, recapping the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Cowboys. And Bob, the reason I bring up when those sacks occurred is because you look at the statistics and one number to me that may get overlooked is Dallas was one for four in the red zone. And you mentioned this is a team that was scoring at least 30 points over their three-game winning streak. It wasn't as if Dallas didn't have opportunities in this game. They got within striking distance, but the Giants, more often than not, were able to keep them out of the end zone and they settled for just one touchdown out of those four opportunities. Yeah, and two field goals and the one interception. Although, Lance, I got to disagree with you on the play of the game. Because I think the play of the game, doesn't it have to be the Wayne Gallman butt fumble recovery? We were or, going back and forth. <laughs> Can we call that the hold my beer fumble? <laughs> it's all those memes on, 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 on social media, these hold my beer memes. That's one of them. Isn't that a great photo, though, to sum up, Carl, the NFC East season? I think <laughs> yeah. it's only appropriate, right? Yeah. Somebody's sitting on a football. Yeah. Yeah, I'm running scot-free. Whoop, I dropped my beer. I mean, uh, just crazy way for this game to end. Um, You know, and and you're right, Lance. uh, The Giants had the Cowboys in third and longs. Uh, The Cowboys were 0 for 7 and 9 plus. They got a bunch of sacks in that situation. And, uh, you know, I think, Carl, the Giants' ability to get sacks without, you know, having to bring the house. Uh, was also a huge factor in this game. Yeah, without a doubt, Bob, and that's that's important too to your coverage. 
when you have guys that you can add an extra guy in coverage or if you need to double-double, meaning double-team two guys, you can do that because you have another safety who's capable of doing that. And then how about the confidence? And we talk about the development that this staff has done of players. How about Darnay Holmes being pushed, uh, being uh, responsible for some very important coverage situations on both Cooper and C.D. Lamb? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's going to get called for his rare hold here or there. But, um, you know, he's been put in a tough spot. And, uh, look, I think Lance, the defense, uh, you got to commend them because you're right. They kept the Cowboys out of the end zone. The Cowboys struggled this year in red zone offense. Uh, they did not have a good touchdown percentage ratio. And the Giants, you're right, one touchdown in four trips, two field goals, and the interception that came late. So, uh, I thought this defense did a good job, Carl, especially early in the game when the Cowboys were trying to get a little run game going. Yep. And, they, they, you know, Pollard is their sort of big play guy, their explosive guy. Pollard had five carries for 15 yards with a long of six. And uh, he had three catches for 18 yards, a long of 10. I thought they did a good job when the Cowboys tried to isolate him in space, the Giants closed the space up nicely. They did. They, and, again, the Giants in their preparation, I'm sure, knew that that's how Cowboys stay on schedule. But getting guys like Pollard in space, you know, moving the chains 5, 10, 12 yards, and they made sure that he wasn't a factor. Uh, the Giants, for the first time, here's a little statistical nugget for you, Lance. The Giants came into this weekend uh, tied with the Jets and the Ravens as the only three teams to not have a quarterback throw for 300 yards in a game. With Daniel Jones 229 yards today, the Giants will have gone the entire season without a 300-yard passer for the first time since Eli Manning's rookie season of 2004. It's hard to believe with the passing numbers that exist in the NFL that not once you crack three bills, but the Giants will take the win nonetheless, Lance. Absolutely. You don't get style points for how you go out, guys, and you get W's. And I think this game pretty much summed it up as they beat the Cowboys 23-19. to And just to piggyback off of Bob's point, remember, this was a Giants team that had failed to score 20 points in each of the last five games. So they just get over that hurdle, but they only get to 23. The defense doing a lot of the heavy lifting, holding an explosive Cowboys offense to under 20 points. For more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind each week for a breakdown of the X's and O's with analysis from one of our Giants legends, all part of the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank, available on your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. 877-337-6666 is the telephone number. We will be fielding some of your calls as we move along here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll also look ahead to what may happen in the Sunday night affair between Washington and Philadelphia as the Giants now wait and hope that the ball bounces the way of the Eagles because that could open the door for them to win an NFC East title for the first time since 2011. Plenty more coming up, as well as Joe Judge and some player reaction. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. And off for Gallman. He's got a hold. There goes Gallman for a first down. 35, and then he goes down, and he fumbled the football. Gallman raced out into the open. I think he got back on it. And he fumbled the football. He was trying to give himself up and go down, and in doing so, he coughed it up. I think he kept it. Dallas says they have the ball, and they do with 58 seconds to go. And ultimately, they looked at replay and determined that Goldman was able to recover the football, and that's what helped seal the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Dallas Cowboys and snap a seven-game losing streak against the Cowboys, getting their first win over Dallas since 2016. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you. That highlight brought to you by Oikos, triple zero, the official yogurt of the New York Giants. Oikos, stronger, makes everything better. So see, Bob, we got a sponsorship in for that highlight one way or another. It may not be the play of the game, but we got a sponsorship. We aim to please here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Let's open up the lines at 877-337-6666. That is the telephone number, and we hear from Harvey in Dix Hills. What's happening, Harvey? Hi. I want to thank you all 
for allowing me to uh, improve my football knowledge every year. I'm very grateful to all of you. And uh, obviously it's a very exciting day for all of us. The Giants won this game. Uh, I am becoming an Eagles fan for one week. Do you allow me to do that? Sure. I think everybody's in the same boat. Do. Sometimes you just do that in life, right? I can't guarantee anything after that. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, I, I, you know, one thing we assume, I, I mean, this kicking game for the Giants is uh, the consistency of that game is uh, is one. I mean, you know, it's fantastic. And, yeah. uh, but I, I was, uh, in any case, uh, I think things that they cleaned up, that term that everybody uses, is I think the tackling was much better. Uh, than it was last week. I didn't see people bouncing off everything. This is on defense. And uh, I just want to discuss something that Blake Martinez said during the week, which maybe you can improve my knowledge of. He said that they were that the uh, defensive linemen and the linebackers are off the gaps, and that they were uh, that they were off because of the pre the pre snap yeah. motion that they did. So maybe I can tell you what it is. They said. I know you can attack the center. You can be across from the center or not. Okay, Hart, let me let me tell you what they did. With all yes. the shifting in motion, the Giants wanted to set their coverage or their leverage points to the, either the strength or the weakness of the Ravens' offense. And with all the pre-snap stuff, they couldn't adjust as many times as the Ravens were. Oh, moving. I see. And so they were caught off, you know, one man short in some on some plays where they – Normally, would plan to have an extra guy on that side. That's what it was. It yeah, was it's, hard, it's hard to pick it up when you're watching the TV. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I remember, Carl, you and I, uh, you and I talked last year about Leonard Williams and the year before. Yep. Is that I, I? I'll just quote you. I I always felt he'd be better on the outside, and I'm not always sure whether they're using a three-four or a four-three. It looks like a three-four, but it's disguised a lot. The, the formations. I always felt that Leonard Williams would be great on the outside, and you said you agree that he would have a zillion sacks on the outside. But he seems to be doing much better on the inside. I mean, his well, is, pursuit is on. He always seems to be in the right position. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they are moving him around. He's just so athletic and just so unique. And that's, you know, like I said, if they can figure out how to keep the group together, man, they're going to be a problem for a while. Yeah, and I mean, uh, look, Joe Judge and this coaching staff weren't here last year when the Giants made the trade for him. But Joe Judge has, to me privately, raved about Leonard Williams all season long. Um he just believes he's a complete football player, and he says, look, the position that he plays, uh, he does so many things for us that don't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, but if you know what you're looking at, you can see the impact that he has and how important he is as far as our defense. Lance? Well, hey, hey, go ahead, Carl. Lance, I, I just got to ask, where the hell is Harvey? Not Harvey, um, Ozzie. Ozzie. And we his got brother, Harvey, Eddie. Ozzie and Eddie, we haven't heard from all year. They normally hang out in the car in the parking lot. I guess since we don't have any in-person stuff, they decided they just wanted to take the year off. What the heck? Yeah, I think they opted out like a Ozzie few players. And Eddie. Yeah, unfortunately. That's, That's true. Hopefully they're well. Yes, we yes. do hope that they are well. I'm sure we'll be hearing from them sooner rather than later. I don't doubt that. Now, as we look ahead to tonight's game, because we will not know the result by the time we go off the air, but... This is a game in which Philadelphia is not going to have a lot of its stars playing because of injury. This is a game in which Alex Smith, as well as Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, are expected to play. But you know, Carl and Bob, you guys both referenced this last week. Whatever happens in the Sunday night game should not necessarily take away from what the goal was of this game against the Cowboys from the Giants' perspective. Right. So the goal was to win as many games as you, you can. And then it's win your division and make the playoffs. Obviously, they've won as many games as they possibly could, given where they were. And now it's just up, you know, you just see what happens. But you you know you've got some things that you can build on because it's all about the division. You swept Washington. uh, You split with the other teams in the division. So, you you know, you're on your way. Whatever, you know, the out-of-conference or out-of-division records are, it is what it is. But you know what? You've got to win your division. They're close. Uh, the team that may end up winning this thing, they swept. So they just have to, you know, just look at look at positives. There's a lot to build on. Yeah, I think it was important for them to not end the season on another losing streak. I think it was important for them to end this Cowboys winning streak against them, just like they sort of exercised 
the Eagles winning streak. And I think the lesson that's learned if they don't make the postseason is, you know, little things matter because, you know, in the first game against the Cowboys, just like I feel like the, the Giants outplayed Dallas today, they outplayed the Cowboys in the first meeting in Dallas and should have won the game. Sure. But when you give up two field goals late and, uh, you know, you have two touchdowns taken off the board in a game that you lose by four, or you have the Evan Ingram drop in the game against Philadelphia where you've got a big lead, the Bears game where Ingram had a ball go off his hands coming out of a break that went for an interception that turned the game, yep. the Bucks game where Daniel Jones fumbled twice in the third quarter, the Giants are moving the ball up and down the field on the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, you look at all those games that they lost – Steelers. Steelers game, you know, a 19-play, uh, 10-minute drive that ends with the quarterback making a bad decision. These are things that, you know, that's why you're not in the playoffs if you don't get in. But I think to end the season, ending the losing streak, beating the division rival, uh, I think there's a lot if you're a Giants fan that you're positive about moving forward. And the next order of business, and I don't think any, I think everybody can see it, is they need to add better players to the roster. Yeah. It's that simple. On both sides of the ball, they have to keep accumulating quality players. And they did accumulate quality players in this draft. You can see they were all, by the end of this year, which the regular season, every one of those drafted players were contributing. That's still on this roster. There's no guy that was drafted on this roster that did not get playing time and contribute to this, this team. You look at the three offensive linemen, you look at Cam Brown, you look at Carter Coughlin. So it went pretty deep into this draft class. And then the other question remains as to whether or not they can retain the services of some of the guys up front. Leonard Williams is going to be a free agent. Dalvin Tomlinson, the franchise tag, of course, is an option. But, you know, can they keep this nucleus together? They just gave Logan Ryan an extension. So, you know, that's one piece of the pie. But in a league defined by competitive balance and parity, as the both of you know very well, it's hard to maintain continuity on your roster because of the salary cap restrictions. Well, Lance, I'm going to say something that I had mentioned to Carl the other day. and um, The Giants made a decision a long time ago, and I hope, hopefully for their sake uh, they look at history because you do not want history to repeat itself. And what I mean by that is, you know, they had draft. They had done a pretty good job. Ernie Acorsi and, and Jerry Reese, they had done a good job of drafting defensive linemen and, and creating quality up front. And the Giants drafted Linval Joseph, and he was at the same point in his career um, as Dalvin Tomlinson is, where his rookie deal is expiring. They had drafted Linval Joseph in 2010. And, um, you know, then the Giants drafted Jonathan Hankins in 2013, and for money reasons, they decided they did not want to get in on Linval Joseph because they figured he was going to get paid. And all Linval Joseph did was go to Minnesota and continue to become a better player and become a pro bowler. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the amount of money and draft picks that the Giants spent in trying to replace Linval Joseph, Hankins never paired, uh, really panned out as the second-round pick in 2013. Uh, Jay Bromley was a third-round pick that never filled that void. Uh, they drafted a bunch of other guys. They dipped their toe into free agency and signed guys. They eventually wound up having to sign Snacks in 2016. Yeah. But they spent draft capital and spent money on free agents and guys to bring in to replace Linval Joseph when, in the end, it would have been cheaper and better had they bit the bullet and just kept Linval Joseph and kept those guys together. And I think they're at that same crossroads right now with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Dalvin Tomlinson. And I'm with you, Carl. I would find a way to keep Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams. Yeah, and listen, if you want to talk about, you know, futures, well, Dave Gettleman invested in futures with uh, Leonard Williams, and it paid off, right? So now they got to figure out how to pay him, but they know that. If Whatever you see of Dalvin Tomlinson, and folks, you should see our Inside the Film Room, and I hope we can put that out there this week. On Giants.com, yeah. On Giants.com, you'll see exactly why he's not a run-of-the-mill, dime-a-dozen, third wheel in their defensive front. He is disruptive, he is athletic, and he's good. If you take a look, and I hope we can get that out there to you guys this week so that you can see exactly what Dalvin Tomlinson brings to the table because we talk a lot about Leonard 
and we talk about uh, Dexter, but this guy is nothing short of of their equals. Well, Carl, while we're pro- promoting some of your other work, I think it's only appropriate that we expand upon your skill set. I'm told that there was some behind-the-scenes mechanisms that were going on throughout the course of the game, and you now should add Soothsayer to your laundry list of talents. Take a listen. Two-minute warning. Giants 23, Cowboys 19 on the WFAN Giants radio network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Here comes the interception they've been dropping all game. Two-minute warning of the second half. Ah, how about that? There you go. Came up, huh? That's right. McKinney came through for you. Always say good things in an open mic, right? Absolutely. And you never know what gets captured here, too, behind the scenes, Carl, as you well know that. And and, and also, it has to be, you have to be nice to the guys in the control room because they can decide whether to keep or delete. That's true. Or edit, too. Yeah. Remember, is Mons in the control room? Who's in there? No, he's not. That's Pete Hoffman. Yeah, well, Hoff, yeah. He's at the controls today. I always told you I loved you, Hoff. You're such a great guy. (laughs) Get in my belly. (laughs) And he's patting himself on the back as we speak, just so you know. Well, guys, it has been a blast this season. Maybe we speak next week, okay? This may not be goodbye for the entire season. We don't know. Yeah. But... Appreciate the time and the insight. Get some rest, and we'll see how things transpire tonight. You got it. Yep. Thanks to all our listeners uh, all year long for sticking with us, and uh, hopefully we found a way to inform and entertain you throughout the course of the year. Absolutely. I echo Bob and Carl's sentiments. Bob, Car- Bob Papa, Carl Banks joining us here on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, recapping the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Cowboys. We'll be hearing from Joe Judge as well as some player reaction. But right now, let's pause for 10 seconds for states and identification on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. And now the Giants wait. A Washington loss on Sunday Night Football, and they are NFC East champs. Westwood One's coverage begins at 7.30 on WFAN, WFAN FM, New York. So Sunday Night Football will set the stage for who is going to win the NFC East title. It'll be Washington and the Eagles in Philadelphia. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll hear from head coach Joe Judge. Get his take on the Giants' regular season finale victory over the Cowboys, which ended a seven-game skid to Dallas. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants radio network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Joe Judge. You listen to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Welcome back to Mercedes Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping the Giants' 23 19 victory over the Cowboys. Giants finish up the season at 6 10. They snap their three game losing streak and they go to 4 2 in divisional play, awaiting the results of Washington and Philly on Sunday Night Football. Let's take you through the Giants' power report brought to you by PSENG, committed to providing safe and reliable energy now and in the future. On the ground today, the Giants ran the ball 28 times. For 125 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Wayne Goldman led the way with 11 for 65. Sterling Shepard had a 23-yard rushing touchdown on a reverse as the Giants go over 100 yards for the ninth time this season in 16 games. They had a stretch from Week 6 all the way through Week 13, in which they had at least 100 yards, but during this three-game losing streak, 78 yards, 74 yards, and 54 yards, respectively, against the Cardinals, Browns, and Ravens. So they get back over the century mark in the win over the Cowboys. In terms of Joe Judge, his press conference brought to you by the Mercedes-Benz Winter Event. Visit MBUSA.com. Let's listen in to what the Giants head coach had to say following his team's win. This meeting is being recorded. To raise hand function and we'll let you know the order in which the questions will flow. They're all in, Coach. Okay. Uh, guys, I appreciate you being patient. I was actually to the uh, podium in a hurry. Pat Hanlon told me to back off and slow it down that you guys didn't want to get too you know, used to that kind of stuff. So, um, look, obviously, I'm proud of the players and the way they played tonight. Um, they've had a good year. We've improved in every game. I'm proud of the way they came out today and fought for 60 minutes. We knew it was going to be a game that went down on the wire, as all of our division games do. Um, I'm proud of the way they've played and proud of the way they've blocked out a lot of external factors and stuck together as a team move forward. So that being said, uh, I'll open up to any question you may have about this game or whatever it is going forward. Dan Duggan, The Athletic. Hey, Joe, I don't know if you have any Eagles gear laying around. Do you, you break it out tonight? Like, what will tonight be like for you? You know what? To be honest with you, um, I'm going to go back to the office right now and start watching Tampa. I'll have the game on in the background, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Tom Rock, Newsday. 
Joe, what was your take on the uh, the end of the game there with the Goldman fumble? Uh, what, what were you seeing on the screen, and what were you being told by the officials? Well, we couldn't see anything on the screen. What we were relying on right there is the fact that they um, had already signaled it was a first down, and at that point, it's got to be an obvious clear recovery to overturn that. So, you know, we were kind of a little bit more in limbo in terms of what was going on at the review part of it. They were looking really more on the spot. You know, we're talking through a lot of scenarios. I'm talking a pat on the headset in terms of defenses go back out there, talking offense in terms of, you know, we have to expect them to use their timeout. That'll give them one timeout left. Now we're in victory formation. Um, just talking about the scenarios going up right there. It looked like when Wayne went down, I still haven't seen a clean replay of it. It looked like when Wayne went down, he recovered it right away between his legs. Um, that's what I saw from the sideline. I couldn't tell if that's the absolute end of it, but I just know what they signal first down. So we got our offense back on the field out there. And then on a, on a somewhat similar play, the uh, the catch by Pettis before the field goal looked like uh, video showed that that was was not was an incompletion. Were you surprised that wasn't challenged? No, I wouldn't say I was surprised it wasn't challenged as a scoring play. So they're going to review that up top anyway. Um, you know, look as far as we're concerned, we were talking with the officials in terms of what the scenarios are going to be. I, I was actually talking about the one right before the field goal. Uh, the 10-yard gain that set up the 50-yard field goal? Oh, as far as that one right there? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, we didn't get anything up top, you know, indicating from our guys who were looking at from a different view that it may be a challengeable type play. We got the field goal team out there and just went ahead and executed. Obviously, if they ruled it incomplete, we may have played the situation a little bit differently. It wouldn't have been a field goal range at that point. We would have had to make a decision between go for it at that point or probably punt. Jordan Thank Ryan, you. ESPN. Hey, Joe. What did you say to your team about the idea that uh, you know, through 16 games, they at least put themselves in position where you obviously have to sit and wait, but you can still win the division. Look, my words to the team at the end of the uh, day was just pretty much how proud I was that they kept playing, okay? You know, what they've been able to do, sticking together as a team, the progress we've made. And then ultimately, whatever happens tonight, you know, whatever happens tonight, let's just be ready to go, come into work tomorrow and do whatever we have to do. You know, make the right decisions tonight. Make sure we're prepared that if something goes our way, that we're ready to go ahead and play next week, but we'll let tonight take care of itself. We had opportunities for 16 weeks, you know. We got to make sure someone's got to mute their deal right there, guys. All right, we had opportunities for 16 weeks. So uh, look, we came in today. It was a meaningful game, obviously, put us in position to have a chance. Our guys went out and took care of business tonight. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the other game. How much does it teach you or tell you about this team that they were, you know, this was essentially a playoff game, an elimination game for you guys that you were, were able to play well in this kind of spot? Well, I think it shows that we've had a lot of growth as a team throughout the year. Uh, in terms of their wherewithal and fortitude, I mean, I think that showed up throughout the entire year. And I keep saying I, I found out a lot more about our team when we we're 0-5 and 1-7 and than I did down the stretch. Uh, I think that showed what kind of team and culture and foundation we've built here. Uh, the foundation pieces we have in this locker room going forward, you know, the way these guys came to work every single day, never complained, never questioned just came in and went to work, all right? And, again, there were times early in the season where you're 0-5, 1-7, and, and the sound on the outside may be, how are these guys going to hold up? How are they going to do it? What point is everyone going to start questioning and looking around? The reality was they were probably our best practices. Now, we had to learn to practice better as a team and be better in execution, but in terms of showing up every day to work and getting the most out of our guys' service of energy and buy-in, and that's really the weeks we made the most progress as a team. So – you know, the thing was we could just show them tape on Monday and correct the mistakes and let them understand what we have to do better to win games. And until we stop from losing games, we can't win them. Um, and those guys understood that. We just kept coming to work every day. So, really, we learned a lot about ourselves in the first half of the year, and that carried us through this back half of the year to have a lot more success. Bruce Beck, NBC. Joe, what do you think of your defense, specifically the pressure you put on them today? Yeah, I thought they did a nice job overall. I mean, obviously, it's an explosive offense. They're capable of scoring a lot of points. Uh, you know, look, I thought Andy did a real good job playing today. And, uh, you know, he really gave us a headache pulling the ball down and really kind of going ahead and creating extra yards when he saw a lane. They used somebody, obviously, you know, when he pulled it at the end of the game down there in the red zone to get the first down, that was a big play right there. Look, he's a smart quarterback. He's a tough quarterback. He's an experienced guy. We knew he was going to make plays throughout the day. You know, our concern was really not letting these guys make explosive plays with the ball in their hand. And we knew he was going to distribute it around and kind of find some holes and zones and kind of hit some matchups and man-to-man -man at times. We just had to do a good job of tackling. And, you know, there were some times we'd be better tackling, executing as a team. Um, but down the stretch, guys were to make some plays. Paul Schwartz, New York Post. Hey, Joe. Um, how important was it for you, first of all, to after that late-season skid of three games, that this was the kind of game – that you guys used, were winning when you were playing well. 
you know, this was kind of like that same formula to get back to that. And also beating the Cowboys with a seven game losing streak that the organization had to him, not you. Did anyone around you, ownership or front office, say anything about finally beating the Cowboys? No, look, we really made this about, you know, one game at a time here, Paul. So that last three games, obviously, before today, there wasn't a result we wanted. But we turned the page every week, and we truly are just trying to go 1-0 every week and keep our focus centered on that week's opponent. Learn from last week's mistakes, put our focus on the team we have to play that Sunday, and play our best game. You know, in terms of anything that's happened here before, um, we have a great respect for the history of this organization, the players, the coaches, all right, the stories, the games. That's a focus we put on. All right, we put a priority on our players understanding what's happened before them here. But in terms of worrying about losing streaks, you know, look, real simple, they were different teams. And to be quite honest, next year's team will be a different team as well. It doesn't even matter if it's the same players. It's a different team. It's a different year. And all that matters is what you do each week independently against that opponent and how you play. So there's no curse hanging over. There was no seven-game losing streak for us. We just knew that this team early in the year played Dallas. We left plays on the field. And we had things we had to clean up and correct, and we were able to do that enough today to have success. Did anyone um, um, since the game ended from the organization express how much they like beating Dallas, though, to you? Look, there were a lot of smiles and hugs in the uh, socially distanced hugs in the locker room after the game. So I think everyone right at this point right now is we've gone through a lot, you know, starting back in the spring on Zoom meetings. You push on forward, you go through training camp, an unconventional training camp. These guys did a great job of responding to what we asked them to. And along the way, it was the upper management, all right? It was a scouting department. It was the ownership. It was the trainers. It was the equipment staff. It was everybody in that building working with one vision, one direction. So, you know, the culmination of what we did today, um, look, everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. And, again, the focus isn't on what may or may not happen tonight. The focus is on our goal this week was to beat Dallas, and that's what we did. Thank you. the record. Hey, Joe. Um, in terms of the, the play when they're driving after – uh, after Dalton pulled it on that fourth down run, you, you get the pressure from Leonard on third down and the ball's up in the air. Are you, how, what's your perspective on that play? When the, when the, when the ball's in the air, do you see McKinney in position or, you know, what are you seeing? Yeah, I knew we were going to have help in that part of the field because the defense that was called, we saw the pressure Leonard gave on it and when he threw it, and it kind of flowed up. At that point in the game, the balls were very slick. You saw some drops on that point. You know, I'd say in the second half is kind of when the moisture started. By the back end of the fourth quarter is when the kind of really started affecting receivers, you know, across the board. Uh, but when you saw the ball kind of go up there and just flutter, you know, immediately my eyes went to the back end. I saw Zay there in position. Uh, he was able to make the play. He caught it. And then my next thought was stay in the damn end zone. So, <laughs> And he did that, though. Yes, he did. So we stressed that enough in that situation, how it played out. There's times we give him the green light to roll on out, but, you know, those guys are a smart group. They play well together. Um, so he's able to make the right play situationally. Brian, New York Post. Joe, Sterling Shepard scores two touchdowns in this game, has probably his best game of the season here. Um, he's actually the only Giant who's played in a playoff game in this uniform on your roster. I'm wondering about what you thought of him here in, the, in your big, biggest game of the season. Well, I think in every game, we count of all of our players to give us production. Um, Sterling's a guy that comes to work every day. We know he's going to be a focal point of the offense. He's definitely a very competitive guy. He's a guy that this week uh, was very banged up and pushed through for practice. You, know, you saw him as limited through practice. I'd, I'd say he was limited, but he was really grinding through a lot of pain throughout the week. But you know that when this guy gets to game day, he's going to give you plays. He's going to give you production. That, he's a guy that obviously we missed a lot early in the season when he was hurt. We're happy to get him back, not only for his ability to make plays on the field, but also what he brings to our team in the locker room and leadership throughout the game. You know, he's a guy that really plays – he plays tough. He plays downhill. He plays strong. And our guys have a lot of confidence with him on the field because he's that guy in those crucial moments. He wants the ball, and you want to find a way to get it to him. And then how hard is that play that Gallman's making there at the end of the game to know – you got the first down, you should just go down. Like the balance of fighting for extra yards versus ball security there. Obviously, he already had the first down when he fumbled. Yeah, look, the priority on that right there is we got to always have ball security. I don't care if it's the first play of the game or the last play of the game. So, uh, I mean, look, obviously, you know, Wayne's a guy we trust. He's given us a lot of production. That was a heck of a job at the line blocking there, him running and putting us in that position right there where at that point in the game under a minute, they had two timeouts. And basically, that secured the win right there for us to go ahead and get into victory formation. So it was a good run. Uh, obviously, we'll continue working as a team on ball security going forward. Um, that's always a priority for our team, no matter what time of year it's going to be. 
uh, we're fortunate to get the ball back in that situation. And, uh, and Wayne helped us do a lot of positive things today. And obviously, he's a key part of why we won the game. We'll take two more. Matt Lombardo, Zach Rosenblatt. Matt Lombardo, fan-sided. Hey, Joe. Um, Leonard Williams had three sacks today. How big has he been for you all year? And how important was it for you guys to get that kind of performance out of him today? Yeah, we needed our guys to make plays, and we challenged our defensive line, to be honest with you. We really challenged them. We talked about last time we went down to Dallas, and quite simply, we need to have a better performance up front, and we did on both sides of the ball today. You know, Leonard's a guy that we know is a tremendous player. Uh, we love him in the building. He's a great teammate. He's fun to coach. You know, he makes your job a lot easier in terms of coming to work and enjoying your job, but then also making plays on the field because really, you know, players make coaches good or not. You know, you can't be a good coach with bad players. That's kind of the reality of it right there. And he's a good player, so he makes us all look a lot better. Uh, we needed to get plays from him. He definitely stepped up. And, uh, look, he's been a blast to coach. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Hey, Joe, what, what was the message to Evan, especially, you know, he had a couple of tough drops, and then one of them obviously became an interception. I guess I, I know you've been really, you know, positive with him this year, but what, what was the message after those? Yeah, real simple. I just stressed to him, hey, look, the ball's slick. Let's get our hands closer together and we're going to keep throwing to you. So get ready to catch it. So, and, and what has uh, Dante Pettis shown you these last two weeks? He had that touchdown, obviously, today, and he showed a little something last week, too. Yeah, I think Dante's guys continued within our schemes and system of really having some production, showing he can get open and make some plays. So made another one for us today. Actually made a couple for us today. So, uh, I mean, look, he continues to be a player to keep showing improvement. That's what we ask from all of our guys. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. All right, so that was Joe Judge speaking with the media following the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Dallas Cowboys as they keep their hopes alive for the NFC East title. Need some help as Washington will play Philly on Sunday Night Football. A Philadelphia win gives the Giants the NFC East title. A Washington win would wrap it up for Washington. We'll step aside when we come back. We'll get you caught up with everything else happening around the NFL in Week 17. Tons of playoff implications across the board. Jeff Fiegels will join me as well as we move forward here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Wayne Gallman, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Hi, right, the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update. I'm Lance Meadow. Let's take you through the Week 17 NFL scoreboard. Plenty of games currently in progress. In the second quarter, the Packers now have just moved in front of the Bears, 14-10. to Aaron Rodgers, two touchdown passes in that one. A Green Bay win gives them the number one overall seed in the NFC. The Bears need a win to punch a ticket to the postseason. Also in the second quarter, it's the Broncos 10, Raiders 9. The Colts are blanking the Jaguars, 17-0 in the second quarter. Indianapolis can now get into the playoffs with a win because Miami fell to Buffalo earlier today, 56-26 to as Josh Allen and company rolled over the Dolphins. Elsewhere, in terms of other games currently in progress, second quarter, Chargers and the Chiefs are tied at 14. Kansas City has already locked up the number one seed in the AFC. The Cardinals and Rams, this is a playing game for the postseason. Winner automatically punches their ticket. Cardinals up 7-3 over the Rams in the second quarter. Also in the second, Seahawks 6, 49ers nothing. Saints and the Panthers are tied at 7. New Orleans could potentially still claim the number one seed if the Packers slip up against the Bears. And Tennessee leads Houston 10-3 also in the second quarter. A Tennessee win gives them the AFC South title. Everything else has gone final. The Ravens are heading to the postseason. Clobbered the Bengals 38-3. Lamar Jackson getting to 1,000 rushing yards for the second time in his career. The first quarterback in NFL history to accomplish that feat. Everybody else who has gone into 1,000 has only done it once. It was the Browns 24, the Steelers 22. How about Cleveland going to the postseason for the first time since 2002? The Vikings edge the Lions 37-35. Kirk Cousins, 400 passing yards, three touchdowns. The Patriots doubled up the Jets 28-14. So the Jets finish at 2-14. The Buccaneers cruise past the Falcons 44-27. Tampa Bay has locked up the number five seed. So Tampa Bay awaits the winner of the NFC East in the wildcard round of the postseason. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug and tea proudly as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz 
Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you. We are recapping the Giants' 23-19 victory over the Cowboys to finish up the season at 6-10. and And now still staying mathematically alive for the NFC East title. And this was yet another close affair, Jeff. It seems like just about every single game in the NFC East has been one that comes down to the wire. And they had two turnovers in this game. Dallas scored 10 points off of that. But they made the necessary plays when they needed to. Specifically, the pass rush with a season-high six sacks and then the run by Wayne Goldman to prevent Dallas from getting the ball back. Yep, and we always talk about how to win football games in close football games. And like you said, normally these games are very close when it comes to the division, no matter what division you're in. Um, they're always close. But, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see some of these younger guys, Lance, making plays. And McKinney went up, made a play, and, you know, could have easily uh, knocked it down or not caught it, but he made the play. Leonard Williams, a guy that's just – I mentioned on our pregame show that I wanted to see – you know, how he was going to play today, and he just showed up. Um, big players make big plays in big games. That's something you hear about all the time, and this Giants defense, they really stepped up. The offensive line, both lines played well today. They gave Daniel Jones some time to make some really good throws. Uh, the one interception wasn't his fault. The one fumble wasn't his fault. But, you know, overall, Joe Judge had his team prepared. Um, he had his team, they're, they're very well disciplined. This is going to be a fun team to watch grow in the next year or so. And I think that now they just get to sit back and wait. I've been in this situation before. It's nerve wracking, um, because there's so much that can go into it, Lance. I mean, you're sitting here waiting for this game to end tonight and it's not going to end. I will definitely be in bed by the time it ends. I can tell you that, uh, <laughs> but I will know in the morning. And the thing about it is most of the players, they got to say, okay, are we going home? Is it baggy day where everybody goes into the, you know, into the locker room and clears out their lockers? Or are we going to be getting uh, you know, a schedule for the week? It's kind of exciting. Absolutely. And you brought up Leonard Williams. He is our player of the game brought to you by Should the be. members and contractors of local 825 operating engineers. He like 825 building our future. Leonard Williams filled up the stat sheet and then some seven tackles, five solo. He had three sacks. So he had three of the team's six sacks, three tackles for loss, one pass defensed, and also four quarterback hits. The Giants had six sacks, nine quarterback hits. Williams was at the center of it, and four of those six sacks came on third down when Dallas was all of a sudden a play here or a play there away from moving the chains and continuing a drive or perhaps even getting into the end zone. So it wasn't just the fact that they got to Andy Dalton, Jeff. It was the fact that they were very timely in which they were able to deliver the pressure. Sure, third downs. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the number was as far as what the down and dis- the down was third down, but what the distances were to convert those third downs. But, um, you know, if you're doing your good job on first and second, then you can kind of pin your ears back on third down. And, you know, the secondary played very well today. They didn't give up any big plays, which was one of the things that, uh, was one of the keys to the game earlier when we mentioned that. Um, they had a trio of receivers that could certainly do damage in the receiving game. So they didn't do that. The Giants defense let them kind of just uh, – they didn't really get much. It was good. I think their biggest play was 23 yards today. Um, and I think that that was a big, big, big plus for the defense. So, um, yeah, all around the Giants. And what's funny about this game, the game of football is crazy when you look at statistics. The Giants did not convert a third down today. <laughs> they were over six but they win the football game. It's crazy. Third and eight, third and nine, third and nine in terms of when the Giants were able to record their sacks, just to give you an idea. So Dallas was in a passing situation. Giants then prevented them from getting into maybe a manageable fourth down in order to perhaps move the chains. And that was critical in sealing the 23-19 victory for the Giants over the Cowboys. We'll step aside. We'll come back. We'll continue to update you on what happened around the rest of the league in NFL Week 17 and what to make of the Sunday night affair between Washington and Philadelphia, especially with Washington expected to have three key players back in the lineup. We'll have more right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. This is Jabril Peppers, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. At the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update, I'm Lance Meadow. Let's take you through the Week 17 NFL scores. All scores here in the second quarter that are currently in progress. It's the Packers 14, Bears 10, Raiders and Broncos knotted at 10, Colts 
Shutting out the Jaguars, 17-0. Chargers and Chiefs are knotted at 14. Cardinals, 7. Rams, 3. Seahawks blanking the 49ers, 6-0. The Saints just took a lead over the Panthers, 13-7, with the extra point pending. Tennessee shutting out Houston, 17-6, actually, because the Texans just scored a touchdown, so they finally got on the board as they are going to add the extra point to make it 17 now to 6 in favor of Tennessee. Elsewhere, it all went final. You had the Bills cruise past the Dolphins 56 to 26. The Ravens crushed the Bengals 38 to 3. Browns going to the playoffs for the first time since 2002 with a 24-22 victory over the Steelers. Vikings 37, Lions 35. The Patriots doubled up the Jets 28-14 and the Buccaneers crushed the Falcons 44 to 27. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Big Low Grab a mug and tea proudly as we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you. Giants beat the Cowboys 23-19 to snap a seven-game losing streak to Dallas. So the Giants now wait and see what happens on Sunday night football. And we were talking about the defensive effort. And it was important for the defense to come through, Jeff, because even though the offense broke out of its shell to a certain degree with three touchdowns, they only did finish with 23 points. And, you know, that is slightly over their average on the season. But... It was preventing Dallas from punching it in the red zone that I thought was the biggest difference maker between both of these teams because Dallas had opportunities in moving the football. It was the fact that the Giants didn't let them score touchdowns and had to have them settle for field goals instead. Yeah, I think it's just another great coaching uh, game by Patrick Graham. I think that, you know, we've got a guy, the Giants coaches um, have done such an exceptional job of getting these teams, the, the players ready to play these games. And I think Patrick Graham. Uh, what an outstanding job game planning against this Dallas team that's put up a lot of points. And so they were disguising coverages. They were, if you looked at some of the, the rushes they did today, they had Leonard Williams on the outside a lot today where he got a lot of pressure. One of the sacks came from there. So they were able to change some things up and they, they carried that over into the red zone where this team has done, has, uh, done a lot of damage, the Cowboys lately. So, um, it's big. And the other thing that the Giants did well today, uh, they did have the, you know, the turnovers, but this team, this Dallas team has been, has been living off turnovers and winning games because of it and taking those turnovers and turning them into points. Now, they did 10 points today on it, but it wasn't 20 or 25 points like they've done in the past. So the Giants did a good job at that. That's why it was so critical for the Giants' defense to come through because, to your point, Dallas now yep. had 12 takeaways in its final four oh games. My God, yeah. 58 points they've scored on those 12 takeaways. That includes the numbers from today's game. So you don't want to now all of a sudden give them great field position or worse, to your point, allow them to score a touchdown. That's how all of a sudden a sizable lead early on, 20-9 to at halftime, can all of a sudden turn into a deficit and the Giants were not in a position to make sure that Dallas was going to get over the top. As that is going to wrap things up in terms of the network portion for us here in the 2020 regular season. A reminder, the scoring drive of the game brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. So stick with us if you are listening to us on The Fan in New York. We'll be right back with more post-game coverage. But it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants digital platforms. If the Giants don't win the NFC East, this is goodbye. And we will speak to you later on in 2021. If the Eagles win and the Giants make the playoffs, you'll be hearing us next week as well. The final score... Giants 23, Cowboys 19. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.